Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolt's with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning. Coming together to talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That is FlyWithJT.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success. And stay connected to everything we're doing here in the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road, including this week. Make sure you get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Find out everything we're doing. Plus, I think as important as anything, is to stay connected to a community of people that are passionate about personal growth. Not just personal growth, but personal excellence. About creating that highest level of themselves they can, refining out the things that no longer work for them, being clear on what they want, and seeking out those missions in their business, their career, and their life, and getting the tools, the techniques, the strategies to be able to get them to that next altitude, that next level in life. So get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Stay connected to us. We'd love to have you as a part of our community. Today we're going to explore what I truly believe is one of the key and essential aspects to achieving greatness. We all define success in our own ways. For some people, it's more career-based. For others, it's more relation-based. Uh, for other people, it's just, the, it's just knowing that they're on the path to their purpose. They're, they're out pursuing their purpose, pursuing their big mission in life. And while we all have a different definition for success, the equation, the recipe to get there, is fairly simple. It's not easy and oftentimes it's not right in front of us. We have to kind of dig, dig through it. But once we figure out what that equation for success looks like, it's a matter of just doing the right actions in the right, in the right manner. I want to talk to you today about what I've come to realize as being one of the key and essential aspects to creating greatness no matter what it is you're here to do, to become what they call an expert. Now, we've probably heard, we've all heard the, the idea behind Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 Hours. The idea is if you put 10,000 hours of work into something, you can become an expert at it. Be an expert writer, become an expert athlete, to become an expert entrepreneur, to become an expert at anything. He talks about it being about a 10,000-hour investment, 10,000 hours of time. And, uh, you know, you've probably heard a lot of folks break that down into a 40-hour week. It would take you about five years. Well, here's the key to it. Whether it's 10,000 hours or 8,000 hours or 20,000 hours, it really comes down to one thing. And the more focused we are on this one thing, it can shorten the learning curve. It can create results faster. But instead of focusing on the result, instead of focusing on getting things, as opposed to focusing on just the result itself, I wanted to talk about the importance of this one thing. This one thing not only will help you become the expert that you seek to become, not only will it help you develop the greatness that you strive to, to create, not only will you get the amazing results you're looking for, but more importantly, 
you will become more of your best self. And I truly believe that is what it means when we talk about becoming that, that perfect self or that best self. We are talking about refining out the things that no longer work for us to become more of the person we want to become, whether that's a successful business owner, whether that's a, uh, a star athlete, or whether it's a, a musician, an artist, or just a human being on, li- on earth living life and creating an impact in those people that we interact with on a daily basis. There's a great book out there called Grit, The Power of Passion and Pervi- per- uh, per- <laughs> Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. And Angela Duckworth talks about grit in the respect of this this sense of of being able to persevere through things with a sense of passion with a sense of of belief in yourself with a sense of enthusiasm even in the face of adversity at least that's my take on it and i follow her on social media and one thing i saw was a video that she had created about something that i think is so important and that's what we're going to talk about today so the topic for today is deliberate practice and what angela duckworth calls the science of high achievement Now, deliberate practice, when you think about that term in and of itself, it means that we're going to apply our best efforts to what we do. We're going to be very deliberate about the practice we give or the practice we put forth. And so just thinking about the term in and of itself alludes to the fact that you could possibly cut the learning curve from 10,000 hours down. Maybe it doesn't take you 10,000 hours. Or perhaps it saves you from making it 20,000 hours. Maybe instead of 10,000, it actually becomes 12,000 or 15,000 hours, but because you administered or, or went about deliberate practice, now all of a sudden it becomes less than 20,000 hours. The whole point is to create the best effort we can and work ourselves into that level of expertise, that level of greatness. And what's interesting is I was watching this video that, uh, that Duckworth was talking in, she was talking about how deliberate practice really comes down to engaging in a, in a small aspect of what you're doing. So one small thing at a time. Taking one small chunk of, your, of whatever it is you're working on and focusing in on that. So if, let's say you're a golfer. It might mean just focusing on your backswing. It might mean focusing on just striking the ball, not worrying about how far it goes, not worrying about how straight it goes, but the grip of your, uh, of your hand on the, on the club, how slowly you do the backswing and how, how you carry through smoothly. If you're a tennis player, it might be, the, might be in the way you stroke the tennis ball. Uh, if you're a writer, it might be in the way that you construct sentences. It's not about writing the book. It's not about hitting a hole-in-one. It's not about smashing an overhand that crushes your opponent. It's about creating excellence by being engaged in that one small aspect of your performance, not the entire game itself. As an entrepreneur, maybe you're just focused on how to greet people. You're focused on your your philosophy of your business and your life, and you get it down to where it's succinct, and you can deliver it in a way that feels natural to you and illustrates the point that you're trying to get across to your clients. When we engage in that one small aspect of our performance and we focus on one thing at a time, it gives us the opportunity to really concentrate. And I think that's one of the most important things I learned from Duckworth was she's talking about full concentration, 100% attention to that one thing that you're doing. As opposed to trying to be the master of everything or the master, <laughs> the jack of all trades, master of none, we focus on mastering one thing at a time. And as entrepreneurs... As business owners, it's really important to take that concerted effort. 
Now, yeah, if you're the CEO of your company, you naturally have a lot of things on your plate. But if you're building something, you want to focus in and give yourself that opportunity to become great in that one area. Maybe it's communication. Maybe it is management. Maybe it's taking great care of your customers, your clients. Maybe it's taking great care of yourself. The idea is that when we put that full concentration, 100% attention into what we're doing, it gives us the opportunity to create deliberate practice. Now, we're engaging in that one aspect. We're giving it full concentration, and the whole idea is to strive to do it better every time. It's about improvement. One thing that I can tell you has been a huge shift for me, even over the last maybe 18 to 24 months, is not just the idea of doing things faster, but doing them better. Waking up each day and making today better than it was yesterday with the focus on making tomorrow better than it is today. That's it. To me, that's one of the greatest definitions of success is steady incremental improvement where you can actually see that today was better than yesterday. You can lay your head on the pillow at night proud of what you did, not what you got, not what you attained, not even necessarily what you produced, but but proud of what you did. If you showed up and you gave 100% of your best effort to what you did that day, then I think that's, to me, the definition of success, the ability to lay your head down and say, listen, I gave everything I had today, and it was my best effort. I was was 100% focused on it. I had my attention directed at it. I gave it its deliberate effort, and today was better than it was yesterday. Not always the outcome. You know, the outcome won't always necessarily be great. If you're into fitness, and today you're able to do 100 burpees, But you show up tomorrow, you're a little bit tired, you're a little bit sore, maybe you only get 90 or 95. Does that mean that today was a, you know, a failure relative to yesterday because your benchmark was lower? Not necessarily. Again, maybe yesterday you did 100 and today you only got 95, but today's 95 were better quality. You finished stronger. You got fewer done because maybe your body was compromised, you're tired, you're sore, you need, you know, you may be a little bit stiff, But you gave 100% of what you had, and although the outcome isn't necessarily greater, the effort was. And over time, there's always going to be those peaks and valleys, just like any trend, whether it's a real estate trend, the, the precious metals trend, the stock trends. There's always dips and valleys, right? There's dips and then there's, there's peaks. But the overall trend, if you were to look at it from the beginning of time until today, is an upward trend. And that should be the same with your effort. That should be the same with the results that you get, whether it's a fitness goal, a financial goal, a relationship goal, whatever it looks like. When we give full concentration and 100% attention to it, that's what we get. We focus on what we didn't do so well, but we don't dwell on it. We ask ourselves the question, what was it that didn't work out the way we wanted to? You know, Duckworth talks about this, and she mentions that when you, you look at what you didn't, didn't do so well, now the emphasis becomes on improvement. And that's the mark of a true professional. That's the mark of an expert, is somebody who can be uh, objective enough to step back and say, okay, it didn't go the way we wanted it to. You know, yesterday we got 100 burpees, today we got 95. How do we improve? And we get the feedback that we need, and then we calibrate and re- we refine. It's this cycle of skill development. And as Duckworth mentions, you do something challenging, you concentrate on it, you get the feedback, you reflect on it, and then you refine the process and then you go back and do it. It's not always the easiest thing, and it's not always the most enjoyable thing. And I think when she mentioned that, it's not always the easiest or the most enjoyable practice, that's exactly the difference between a professional and an amateur. 
a professional who's working and striving to become, become great at what they do, they're going to take the path that's not always the easiest, not always the most enjoyable. It doesn't mean that they constantly beat themselves up. It's not that they're in constant pain and, and discomfort all the time. But they choose the path that's going to build the muscle. They're purposely going to take on the challenge that's going to make them stronger, make them more capable, make them better. It's not always the easiest, but certainly it will give you that opportunity to, to create the improvement that's necessary to become better at what you're doing. Now, what's interesting in this video that I watched of Angela Duckworth, she was referring to students, and students particularly, I believe, in the, um, in the elementary or the grade school area. And she was talking about how when they take deliberate practice, maybe it's with their math homework or their spelling or whatever it might be, it allows them, when they do the deliberate practice, it allows them to go through that cycle of skill development that we just talked about, where they do something that challenges them. They concentrate on it. They get the feedback so they can improve on it. Then they actually take some, some time back to kind of reflect it back. So, so it's, you know, if somebody tells you, hey, here's a better way to do it, you reflect back to them. Let me make sure I understand it. Gives you a chance to slow things down. Maybe you slow down and meditate on it a little bit so that you fully understand it, and then you refine your execution. When doing this, what they found were students became less frustrated. They were able to sort of reframe those emotions of frustration into constructive thoughts and feelings and realize that, listen, it's frustrating, but we're working towards something. We're improving. So it's not just about slogging through it. It's not just about existing. Right? It's not just about surviving a challenging time. Now we understand the value of doing the hard work. We understand the value of the sometimes tedious, even boring, mundane work that's necessary to become really great. You hear about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and these people shooting free throws ad nauseum, like three, four, five hundred free throws before and then after practice. Well, after a while, that kind of thing becomes mind-numbing, mind-numbingly boring. But to do that and to reframe it from just being frustrating or, or mundane and saying, hey, this is something that we're doing to improve and feel the steady improvement, that's where the reframe happens. And that's where it becomes, it becomes something where we do it of our own volition. Instead of being told to practice, we do it because we want to, because we see the value in it. It becomes almost an addiction. It becomes an obsession. We say hey, to ourselves, you know, that's how the greats force themselves to do the stuff that everybody else won't do. The difference between greatness and mediocrity is that the greats will put in the extra hours of work. This is true for business. This is true for anything. Being able to do the deliberate practice is the ability to say to ourselves, hey, it's the stuff that's not fun, the stuff that gets kind of messy, but it's the stuff that has to get done. And if it is to be, it's up to me, so I'm going to make it happen. And we're, of course, looking for that consistent improvement. So how do we do this? How do we actually apply deliberate practice into our businesses, our careers, and our life? Well, I took what I learned from Angela Duckworth, and I highly recommend you go out and get a copy of her book, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. But this is kind of my distillation of what I learned from her and my take on the lessons of deliberate practice. And oh, by the way, this is also something that I apply in my own life, and I recommend you know, you can take this for what it is, run with it as it is, or you can kind of uh, turn it into your own formula. But here's a simple formula to kind of help you remember six things, and the first three are RPM. Just like you would get those revolutions per minute in your engine, the RPM in your life starts with repetition. We have to pick something that we can do and do it with repetition. 
Maybe it's paint stroke. Maybe it's learning how to paint in a certain way. Uh, maybe it's writing, learning how to be concise with our writing. Maybe it's public speaking, learning how to speak in a way that we delete all the ums and the ahs and all the stutters. The point to it is, is that we do it again and again and again. We become repetitious in the way we approach the thing we're looking to get great at. The P in, rep or in RPM is patience. I think this is one of the biggest keys that differentiate the pros from the amateurs, is a professional is willing to slog through the frustration. They're patient enough to say, listen, there are going to be times where this isn't going to be fun. There are going to be times where this is going to be downright uncomfortable. There are going to be times when you know, getting up at 4.30 in the morning is going to suck. Doing that workout when we're stiff and sore is not going to be fun. To push through the injury, to push through the pain is what's necessary in order to get to that next level of strength, that next level of capability. Whether that's literal or metaphorical, the patience is so important to push through those barriers to get us to that next level of our performance. But when we do, it shows us that that deliberate practice is necessary, and we start to do it without being told or without being forced. We do it because we feel compelled to do it. The third part to this, and it's the M in RPM, is mindfulness. I first learned of mindfulness or really got, got excited about mindfulness when I heard Michael Gervais talk about this. Michael Gervais is a um, performance psychologist. He works with the Seattle Seahawks. He, I've mentioned him here before on the podcast uh, many times. But uh, his, his podcast is called Finding Mastery, and he talks a lot about mindfulness. Mindfulness is that, is that concept where we are completely focused and in the moment with what we're doing. As opposed to thinking three steps ahead, we actually slow ourselves down. Think of it this way. If you're driving a car, instead of texting and listening to the music or even carrying on a conversation, you're focused solely on being completely present and in the moment. You're aware of your surroundings. You're following the traffic both before you and behind you, as well as to all sides. If you're reading a book, you're 100% committed to reading the, each word. It's kind of like, like enjoying a gourmet meal. Think of it that way. When you enjoy a gourmet meal, you're not just stuffing your face. You're tasting all the great nuances of the flavors. You're allowing your mouth to chew into the consistency and notice the consistency of the food because that's as much the flavor as anything. The, the temperature, the, 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 just the textures of the food, the flavors, and everything go into enjoying a gourmet meal. And it should be the same with every moment of life. When we're mindful, we actually slow down and enjoy life. We enjoy the, the small little details of life, whether it's a conversation with a loved one or a good friend, whether it's reading a book, whether it's thinking through a problem, trying to solve a challenge. But certainly in deliberate practice, we want to be mindful. We want to be focused on the task at hand, just like Duckworth was talking about with that full 100% concentration and attention on the detail that we're working on, one detail at a time. Now, after that RPM, repetition, patience, and mindfulness, there's the feedback. This is key and essential. This is why I love the concept of having coaches and mentors, people that can give you that third-party objective overview and kind of give you the input to help you redirect your efforts, to refine what you're doing, to create those shifts that are necessary. A golf coach is going to help you to refine your swing. A business coach is going to help you to refine your practices. A relationship coach is going to help you to get better at the communication side or whatever it is that you need to improve in order to create that stronger relationship. The feedback's extremely important because now we take it and we go to the fifth step, and that's calibration. We apply what we've learned, and we calibrate it. 
in my program, Flight School to Success, I actually teach my clients to use the information they get by going back and tracking their, their, their journey, tracking their efforts, tracking what they do on a daily basis, whether it's working out, whether it's you know, their business, and to take that feedback, that data, and to plug it in and figure out how we can improve, make those subtle tweaks to get ourselves back on track. They say an aircraft is off course 95% of the time. Whether that's true or not is, is, is really not the point. The point is, is that the pilot, the aviator, has to make those subtle course corrections one half or quarter degree at a time to stay on track as opposed to allowing themselves to get so far off track that they have to make these huge meandering turns to stay on course. And so it is in our careers. So it is in our businesses. So it is in our lives. That calibration comes from the feedback. Now, once we've made the calibration, step six is to follow through. We follow through on it, and we continue to do it again and again and again. And the thing that I want you to take away from this, I think one of the big underlying messages behind deliberate practice is that this is a, life, this is a lifelong journey. This is a pursuit. This isn't a beginning and end type of thing. It doesn't have an opening chapter and a closing page, the end. It doesn't work that way. Deliberate practice is something that we apply to as a lifestyle. It's something that's a lifelong pursuit. So if you found the thing that you want to be great at, you have to see it as this is a journey, not a destination. That may sound cliche, but it's so true. Deliberate practice is, it truly is the science of high achievement. We realize that, yes, we're going to achieve things. We're going to get goals knocked down. We're going to create success for ourselves. We're going to make the big money, buy the house, do all the stuff that we want to do. But that's not what it's about. What it's about is becoming great at what we do. We apply ourselves with that passion and that perseverance to become amazing, to become gritty, as Angela Duckworth talks about. So again, it comes down to repetition, patience, mindfulness, getting the feedback, calibration, and follow-through. And when we can apply those six steps, we can begin to develop deliberate practice in our businesses, in our careers, in our life. And that, my friend, that's where greatness and mastery begins, through deliberate practice, through the follow-through, and through the application of knowing that we get better each and every single day. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show each and every single Wednesday. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember... No matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon.